Oh, it's good to sing together this morning and to uh, be reminded of the goodness of God. Uh, uh, like I said, my name's Matt, one of the pastors here. Always good to gather with you in worship with a community of people whose hearts and minds are turning back to God to be reminded of the things that are most important in this world. And hey, uh, we live in a world that just pulls us in so many different directions, don't we? I'm guessing some of you right now, your minds are going in different directions. Some of you are daydreaming about being an ambassador of whatever team that is that you wanted to be an ambassador for. Some of you who chose a football team are thinking about the draft of this last week and thinking you could have done a better job if you were in the front office. And some of you could care less about sports, like my wife who said, that's the worst question you've ever asked, Matt, because nobody cares what team we would have been ambassadors for. And uh, I heard some good ones. Uh, I heard the Raiders, a friend said the Raiders. Uh, would love to be an ambassador for the Raiders. Sarah up here, she was standing on the end. Uh, she said the Cubbies. She chose the Cubbies. And she said it's easy to be an ambassador for the Cubs because they're awesome. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sounds like you already are. And um, here's the truth in our lives that you and I are ambassadors whether or not we recognize it. Some of us for sports, some of us for other things. And I wanna talk about that a little bit this morning. I think Acts, the book of Acts, which we've been walking through together, uh, is speaking towards this direction a little bit. Uh, I, I think what Jesus was challenging in his disciples, I don't wanna start preaching yet, but what he was challenging in his disciples was that they would become ambassadors wherever it was that they found themselves in life. And what we see throughout the entire book is the transforming grace and message and love of the Father that begins to spread from a very small point of people into the entire world. And we're sitting here today, I keep saying this every week, you're tired of me saying this, I know, I get it, but listen, we're sitting here today because of what took place a couple thousand years ago, and the movement that was launched then, and there's been nothing like it in human history, like what we experienced because of what Jesus did. And um, that's what we wanna, we wanna focus on. Okay, but I told you I'm not gonna preach yet because I got a couple quick announcements that I'm gonna get in trouble if I don't tell you. Um, so a number of things going on around the church. The next couple weeks are gonna be fun. We've got Mother's Day next week, Grad Sunday the week after that, always good stuff. Uh, in store. Next week, we have a photo booth set up, so we have some photo strips. Moms and uh, whoever can jump in the photo booth and, and be a part of that, and there'll be some photo strips that you can take. And then you'll get a digital copy as well, so you can do whatever you want with it. It could be your Christmas photo. I don't know. Whatever you want to do with your family and, and people around you. Um, and then we have uh, all these summer camps we've been talking about that are, are coming up, and the reason I bring this one up this morning is because on Friday, our high school camp uh, that was taking place in California canceled on us. And so, yeah, I know. That's, it's like I thought we were done with that, but we're not yet. So they canceled. Uh, Chip and his team were able to shift gears quickly and get us reservations actually at a camp in Big Bear Lake called Forest Home, which is off the charts. It is awesome. And some of you adults wanna go right now. I can see in like your faces, uh, you wanna go. And so our high school uh, camp, B 
beach camp is now becoming mountain camp at Forest Home, and it's an awesome, awesome camp. Um, the space is limited, and so parents, if you want your high schoolers to experience uh, camp this summer, uh, now's the time to register them. McDowell.church slash events, and you can find all of this stuff there. Then, let me just say, we, we talk about this as a community we're learning to love, and Loving isn't just talking and saying to someone that we love them, but it's actually doing practical things that express love. Love is a choice, and it's, act, it's active. It's an action. And this week, we've been running through uh, a number of different places. Some of you have done some things on your own. I've seen some pictures. It's been awesome. Here are a few pictures uh, from, from people that I, that I picked out, um, or that Ryan sent me, and uh, all kinds of things happen. Now, this picture here... Uh, at the, the, we were delivering food to uh, Harvest Compassion Center, which is one of our new mission partners, and they were blown away. I can't remember the tonnage of food that we delivered, but they were blown away because you guys put so much food, 3,600 pounds, 3,600 pounds of food that you all brought um, and left behind your cars and we were able to deliver. It was awesome. They said it was more food than they normally get, I think, in a month. Like, we provided more food than they normally take in in a month to then to distribute to, to hungry people. So, McDowell, thank you. It was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the challenge of our serve weeks um, is to move us outside the walls of the church. And the challenge is, if you consider this your church home, the challenge that has been laid down is that you would serve at least twice a year outside the walls of the church. And I know it's a big challenge, but here's what we did for you this morning. We have a project here on campus, but we put it outside the walls so you can count it outside the walls of the church. I mean, that's what we do. We, we try to set it up for you so you can you know, check the box or whatever you need to do. Um, but this morning, when you're on your way out, you can simply on the back patio uh, we have uh, boxes set up, and there's going to be some lines that are walking through those, and we're packing snack packs uh, for uh, some of our, our, our mission partners here in town to give to kids. And so if you want to be a part of that, you can pack a snack pack with us, and, and then you served. You were a part of Serve Week, which would be awesome. If all of us did that, that would be, make a huge difference, and it would be awesome. So um, be sure to jump in and be a part of that. I think that's everything I was supposed to say, and now we can jump back into Acts. So Acts is an awesome book in the New Testament. It was written by a guy named Luke who did a lot of traveling with Paul, and he wrote the first volume of uh, the two, it, it's two books. Uh, Luke was the first one. He named it after himself. It was awesome. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't actually name it after himself. Somebody else later just called it the Gospel of Luke. And then the second one is called Acts, and in many of your Bibles, if you open up your Bible, it might say the Acts of the Apostles, but in reality, it's not the Acts of the Apostles, it's the Acts of Jesus through the Apostles, and so they misnamed it again. But that's probably what, what um, Luke was seeing in his mind as what Jesus started and then what he continued through the work of his people, and that's what we've been talking about with this book, and I, I hope you've been reading along uh, in, the, in the book of Acts, through the, the pages and the stories. And yesterday, Robin, uh, she said to me, we were, uh, on Saturdays we usually walk to coffee, and we were walking, and she was like, Paul was amazing. 
just out of the blue, we're walking with our dog. She's like, Paul was amazing. And I, in my mind, I'm like, Paul. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm thinking she's talking about one of you. I'm like, Paul. I don't, I don't know like which Paul she's talking about. I'm like, Paul? And she's like, you know, in the New Testament. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I was just kidding. I knew who you were talking about. And um, she, she was saying, I wish Acts wasn't done because the stories, if you've been reading in Acts, the stories are amazing. What happened in the life of Paul? What took place in his life? And she said, I, I just wish, I wish we had more. I wish it kept going. And what I want you to know is this. The way Luke ends the book of Acts is not with a period, but an ellipsis. Because the works of Jesus are continued to this day through the church and people who follow him. That's you and that's me. The story is not finished. It continues to be written and it's up to us to continue allowing the spirit of God to do something in us and through us. And one day, someone might look back and go, man, that Connor, you're like, who are you talking about, Connor? Like 100 years ago. Like, he did something and allowed the spirit to work in him. God used him in an amazing way. Like, because we were open to the spirit, and that's what the book wants to show us. So just a little catch up, real quick. There was an event, an encounter that the disciples had I keep saying this, I keep preaching it again because I want it to sink in that the, the disciples experienced personally the resurrection of Jesus. Nothing else explains what happened to them. They, they had written him off, he had died, been crucified, they were going back to work, but something took place, a, an experience happened, the, the resurrected Jesus showed up and it changed everything for these disciples. They gave up their lives. They literally put their lives on the line to speak about him and to spread word of his resurrection. They, they, they put their lives on the line, literally put their lives on the line. People were being killed. They put their lives on the line. Uh, in, in, this, in this story that, that Paul, or that, that, um, that's being written by Luke, uh, the importance of the Holy Spirit cannot be overstated. I mean, the, the importance of the presence and the power of God within people, humans in the here and now, so important, the Holy Spirit in us, working through us. And then this idea of a movement, that it's not just a, a static gathering of people. We are not just a static gathering. We don't just get together on Sundays and call it a day and it's all good. This is a movement of people who are about something. There's something that, that is moving in us and through us and among us. It's the church, and the church isn't a, an hour on Sunday where we just get together and sing some awesome songs with an awesome band and, and feel good for a few minutes and give us some things to think about when we walk out. No, the church is a movement, and there's something that is, is to drive us forward through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then today I wanna to talk about this idea of ambassadors or, or witnesses, um, a collection of living witnesses, which is us, the people. So I'm gonna talk about you today. And I'm gonna to challenge you to some things. Are you ready? All right. Now, N.T. Wright, one of my uh, 
favorite scholars, uh, present-day scholars, uh, brilliant. He says this, that God's kingdom is coming in and through the work of Jesus. Don't miss this little piece. Not by taking people out of the world, which is what we often think about, that Christianity leads us to an experience where we can go to heaven at some point in the future, like that, that God's gonna restore the world by taking us somewhere else. Now that may be true, that there is a heaven, there is a heaven, but God's kingdom isn't coming by us being removed, but rather by transforming things in the world, like that something is taking place in the world today, bringing this, this sphere of earth, the world in which we live, into the presence and under the rule of God. Are you with me? I know that's a big, long, kind of scholarly statement about this passage of scripture, but the concept here is that, that God's kingdom doesn't come by people being plucked off of the earth and taken somewhere else. God's kingdom comes by his spirit coming into a people and into a movement that begins to transform the world into a different kind of place, that, that his kingdom is about the rule of God and the ways of God happening here on earth. Does that make sense? Are you with me? And that is the call of the Christian. If we, if we claim to be followers of Jesus, if we claim to be Christians, it's not just our mental assent or our, our mental acknowledgement of who Jesus was, but rather it's our openness to be transformed both personally and corporately by the power of the Spirit to live differently in the world around us. And here's where God gets into our business. Because he's like challenging every way in which we see the world, in which we experience the world, in which we walk through the world, in which we use our finances and the gifts that we have to work and our relationships, our marriages, our parenting, our grandparenting, all of it is challenged by the rule and reign of God to be different than what is normal in the world around us. All right? So here it comes. Uh, the very beginning, I want to go back to the very beginning before we get to the end. And I'm going to try to keep today brief. <laughs> I promise. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, I've just started calling him Theo, in case I pronounced his name wrong. In my first book, I told you, Theo, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. So, again, don't miss this. The first book, which is the book of Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke, is all about what Jesus began to do. There's not an ending in that. He, he began these things that will be continued. So he continues. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the disciples from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Now, don't miss this, that the early, even the early disciples had some doubts, and they had some doubters among them. So if you're one of those doubters or skeptics of the faith, you're a little skeptical of Jesus, you're in great company. Some of the very disciples who were with him, and even who he appeared to, struggled to believe at that time all that was taking place. But Jesus continued to show up. 
And here's what I believe for you. Some of you in this room, you're like, I just, I don't know about the whole Jesus thing. I'm, I'm kind of on the outside looking in. And here's what I believe is that Jesus is not gonna give up on you. Like Jesus will continue to show himself to be true and to be real in many different ways if you're open to it. So some who are skeptics in the room, you're in good company and God's love keeps running after you and will continue to run after you. And um, that's what he did with those early disciples. He continued to show himself and prove to them in many different ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about, what did he talk to them about? Yeah, there it is. The, the, I was just making sure it was on the screen. The kingdom of God. He talked to them about the... Okay, one more time. We can all do this. Like all of us, 100% of us can say this. Jesus, when he appeared to the disciples and he showed himself to be real, he talked to them about the... Okay, here we go. Now you're with me. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. Now why I wanted you to say that is because I want us to keep that in our mind, that Jesus kept talking to the disciples about the kingdom of God, but the disciples had other things on their minds, like we often do. Like right now, in this moment, I'm talking about the book of Acts, and many of you have other things on your mind. Don't nudge anybody, don't, you know, but we do. We have different things on our minds at times, and they had something different on their mind. Jesus continued to talk to them about the kingdom of God. Now let's look at this next line. When the apostles were with Jesus, here's what they were thinking about. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore whose kingdom? Our kingdom. Now, isn't that just like us as humans? Jesus continues to bring up the kingdom of God because that's what's most important, and we continue to talk about our kingdom. Yeah, 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 Jesus, I get it. The kingdom of God, it sounds awesome, perfect, great. But what about my kingdom? What about my house? What about my car? What about my job? Let's talk about that. The disciples, the apostles, they wanted freedom in the physical sense from the Roman powers and this empire that we know as Rome. They wanted to restore their country. God wanted to transform the world. Now I'm gonna say that again, because I, I think this is a good word for us in the world today. They wanted to restore their country. God wants to transform the world. And sometimes we get lost in smaller things when God has bigger things in mind. Come on now. I know this gets into your business, and you're like, Matt, you shouldn't bring this up in church. We don't talk about, you know, I've always been told, don't talk about two things. Well, three things now, I'll add. <laughs> Money, politics, and Jesus. And I'm going to talk about all of them. Sometimes we get lost. And I'm not saying things in our country aren't important. I'm just saying that God's vision is so much bigger than we give him credit for. And we give our hearts and our minds to things that are not of God, and we miss the works of God because we're lost in the small things. Come on now, church. The disciples, the apostles, I mean, we're in good company because they were like, when are you going to restore our kingdom, our country? When are you going to free Israel? Like, we want it back to like the old days. And Jesus replies, the Father alone has the authority to set those times and dates, and they're not for you to know. But, 
you will receive power. This is so much more important than Israel, the country. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when God's very Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ himself, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Now, this word power is, in the Greek, where we get the word dynamite. That's the kind of power he's talking about. Dynamis. Dynamite. You will receive some dynamite in your life when the Holy Spirit comes in you, and you will be my witnesses, my ambassadors, telling people about me everywhere. And then he gives them the map, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this word witnesses, this is where we come in. This is where Jesus begins to get after the disciples and the apostles and, and, and change their thinking from our country, our power, into, no, no, you're going to be God's witnesses, his ambassadors. You're going to be the, the, the witnesses and ambassadors of Jesus, and he's going to challenge them in some different ways. So I want you to think about witnesses. Where do we talk about witnesses in our day and age? Court. Yep. We talk about witnesses in court, and when someone calls a witness to the stand, that witness is going to describe what? What he, or see, what, what he or she saw or experienced, right? That's what a witness is there to do, is to express. Now, is there anything else in our world that serves as a witness? Um, so I'm a, I'm a pastor, if you didn't know. And when I do a wedding, um, like my friends Brock and Amber, I did their wedding recently. Remember that? Just a few weeks ago. And... <laughs> Um, they had this document that they forgot, and they had to bring it to me later, and what did we have to do with this document? And you had to sign it, and then you had to have a witness sign it to say, I was there, I saw it take place, and we're going to sign it, and then I didn't just take that document and file it in my files. I don't really have files anymore, but I didn't just put it away. I actually had to send that to the court, the state, because that document is a witness to their marriage. Okay, are you with me? Have we gotten the legal stuff? So witnesses are people who say something, express something verbally, but witnesses are also objects that serve as a representation for something else. And I think both are important for us. That we are to express with our words, but we are also to live in such a way that our lives, our physical lives, serve as witnesses to God's grace and his love and his mercy and his hope and his peace. Just like a contract serves as a witness to a marriage, we are to serve as what Paul, or what Peter called, you are living stones. You are living witnesses of Jesus. Does that make sense? So our witness is not just our words. It is our words, but it's not just our words. It's also our lives. It's the way we go about our business. Four quick things that I want to challenge us with, that I've been challenged with as I've been reading all through Acts. 
And maybe just one of these will catch your attention this morning. And maybe just one of these is what God wants to work on you with. Okay? So can I give you these four real quick or real slow? Okay, number one. Witnesses honor God by living in the present, not the future. And I think these apostles were thinking of the future. When is this going to happen? When are we going to get there? Like, when will this come to pass? Like, when can we get back to when? And Jesus was like, just wait. Just be patient. Live in the moment. And whether or not you believe in God or Jesus or any of that, this is an important word for, for all of us, that we often miss what's now looking for what's next. Parents whose kids are now out of the house, how many of, of you wish you could have a little bit more time back that you gave up thinking about what was next? I do it. We, we often think about, oh, I can't wait until then, and we miss what's now. I mean, time moves so quickly. And I know when we're younger, we don't see it. Like, those who are younger in the room, you're like, I get so tired of old people saying that. Well, I'm just another old person <laughs> telling you. Let me be a witness to the fact that 20 years passes quickly. And once it's gone, you can't get it back. And witnesses, witnesses honor God by living in the present, not in the future. So maybe that one little piece of, of Acts will be something that you can take and wrestle with God, and maybe that will adjust and transform your life into a new direction. Second thing, witnesses trust and respond to the Holy Spirit in them. Witnesses of God trust and respond to the very Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives within them. Now, I... Like many of you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a reasoner. I like to reason things out. How many in the room like to reason things out? And you like to do what makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, you don't do it. I drive my wife crazy when she goes, drives a different way, and I'm like, we could get there quicker. Like, I've reasoned this out, and I know we could get there quicker and use less gas if we went this direction, not that direction. And to her, it just doesn't matter. And Well, I mean, some of that does, but like I'm a reasoner, and some things don't make sense to me, but the things of God don't always make sense. The directions of God, the leadings of God don't always make sense, but witnesses, those who are being filled with the very presence and power of God, choose to go with whatever the Spirit leads them to do, even when it doesn't make sense. When you get a nudge to pick up the phone and call somebody, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would I call that person? I haven't talked to him in two years. Go with the Spirit. Go with the leading of the Spirit, because you never know what that phone call might do in someone else's life to transform them or save them from a direction they were about to head out on. So witnesses trust and respond to the Holy Spirit. I, I, we don't talk enough about the Spirit, I know. Some of you have told me that. I agree with you 100%. We don't talk enough about the Spirit because the Spirit of God is the very power 
that raised Christ from the dead, which is available to you and me every day. And the question is not like, how much of the spirit do we get? Because we get all of them. The question is, how much of us does he get? Like, how much do we open ourselves to him each and every day? So witnesses honor God, live in the present, not the future, trust and respond to the Holy Spirit. Third thing, as I've been reading through Acts, and hopefully you've picked up on some of these things, witnesses begin to recognize the image of God and the value of every person they encounter. Now, if you've drifted off, come back just for a minute, because this is so important. It's why Jesus told his disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem among your people and in Judea, which is a little bit beyond your people, but you're also gonna go to your enemies, the Samaritans in Samaria, and you're gonna even encounter people that you never imagined you would encounter as you go to the ends of the earth. You're gonna encounter people who are so different than you, and it's gonna feel to you very foreign that this Jewish sect that has been tight is now opened up to the entire world. But witnesses, as we walk through life, we recognize in every single person that the image of God has been stamped deep within them, and therefore they carry a value, a high value, and they are they are welcome. They are part of the kingdom of God. Are you with me? And listen, I know that scares people. What began as a mono-ethnic group became a multi-ethnic, multinational movement that moved beyond any kind of boundaries the disciples and early apostles saw. And that is a true representation of the church much wider than we often view it. Witnesses recognize the image of God and value in every person they encounter. And the fourth thing, witnesses leverage their unique voice and work and influence and sphere to reflect the peace and hope and joy and grace and love of Jesus. Listen. People, um, people often will say to me, Matt, you're a pastor. Like your job is to help people see God or experience God or recognize God. And while that may be true, that part of my role, my vocation is to, to hopefully open the, the, the kingdom and help other people experience it. Listen, listen. Don't, please don't miss this. You have been positioned in places that I can never go. And what you do in your sphere of influence, and all of you have one. All of you have one. What you do in that sphere to be a witness with your voice, with your role, your job, with your role as a little league coach, with your role as a grandparent, with your role as a parent, with your role as a manager, with your role as an employee, whatever it is, like your 
influence in that place for the kingdom of God is so very important to the expansion of his very kingdom. And The, the, the idea, the concept behind this book of Acts, and I think we miss this so often, is that anywhere you go is where Jesus goes. Now, come on. Anywhere you go is where Jesus goes because you're his ambassador or witness in that place, which also means that the words that you speak and the life that you live in that sphere is representing Jesus. That's a little scary, isn't it? Some of us might not want to be that kind of representative, but it's true. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, the voice that you have, the words that you use are representing Jesus in that sphere. Where you go, Jesus goes. And I, I get it. Sometimes people are like, well, the paid pastor, like, you're, like we pay you to do those things. And, and I'm telling you, I can't get to where you are. And you don't need to leave where you are to do what I do. You were called to do what you do and do it as a witness of the one who saved you, the one who gave his life for you. Students in school, I saw a few of you walking in this morning. Listen. You are a witness to something. The question is not whether or not we're witnesses and ambassadors, because every single one of us is. You are a witness. The question is, what are you witnessing about? What is your life representing? Managers, business owners, parents, all of us, ah, we are witnesses to something. What are we witnessing about? What are you witnessing about? Hmm. It's challenging. Like when you really think about it, like what does my life reflect? Like what am I living? But it's the call of the Christian. Open yourself to the Spirit. Let Him transform you and then move outside of you.